Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the USMLE Guys podcast. My name is Dr. Paul. In today's episode, we are doing another USMLE Coaches Corner episode. This is something we previously recorded from our YouTube channel, and I wanted to share with you here today. We will be talking about one of the common problems that our one-on-one coaching students are experiencing, sharing with you what's going on and how to fix it so that you can move forward with your own USMLE preparation without any worries. And if you want to work with us one-on-one or you want to learn more about how we can help you prep for your USMLE exams, don't forget to visit our website, usmleguys.com. All right, let's dive in with today's episode. So let's take a look at how to review a complete block effectively and efficiently. And this is we're doing this 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 week because so many students don't know how to effectively review a block of questions. And this is just like everything else we talk about, especially with doing questions. This is a skill. The better you can become at it's uh, reviewing a block, the more you can get through, and the higher quality your prep will be. So let's dive in. We have five points here. So I will list the points and then I'll let you sort of talk about them. And then if I have anything to add, we'll go go there. So number one is speeding through the review of the blocks just to get it over with. Why that seems so obvious, but why is this a bad idea to speed through it? I mean, and I know why people speed through it. Maybe they didn't do well. They scored low, less, less than 50% on the block and the block could be 20, 30, 40, whatever the case might be. But if you speed through it just to get over, to get it over with, what are you accomplishing? Nothing, right? So you have to find out why you got them wrong. Um, why you got them right, that's great. But then you really want to learn from the explanations, especially because you've covered biochem, micro, immuno, whatever topics you've covered originally. You need to learn from every answer. Think of it this way. When you're answering questions, as if you're, it's as if you're in the clinical rotations. You have a scenario and you have answer choices. So if you got it wrong, you need to spend time into figuring out why you got it wrong. Was it you you missed you didn't connect the findings the right way? You thought of a different condition. You knew the condition, but you second guessed yourself. You went too fast. You didn't go with your gut. I mean, there's obviously you watch our videos from the previous weeks, previous months too. There's many different components involved when you're answering questions. So you take your time. If you can't do 40 questions, because doctors go, oh, it's too much. Do a block of 20, do a block of 10. You need to take time, dissect the, whatever block you have in full, you know, from beginning to end to make sure why you got them wrong, because you have to build that foundation. You have to build that test taking skill and also learn why you got them wrong. Should have make the same mistake over and over and over again. Yeah. If you go through it fast. You're not really accomplishing anything. Yeah. You need to understand why you, and how you made the mistakes so that you don't repeat. If everyone focused on identifying mistakes so that they never repeated them again and had that mentality, I think it'd be a game changer for a lot of people because a lot of people, like you said, they'll rush through it to get it over with. But this, I mean, you're not cooking a gourmet meal and you have to chop the celery and you just chop it and get it over with. No, no, no. You, you, this is a very complex thing. You can't just get it over with. You have to know what and why so you don't make the same mistake again. And if you focus on not repeating mistakes, then you're going to notice that a lot faster you a are more cognizant when something pops up that you've screwed up in the past. It's just going to help you get better. I mean, and also when you read the answer choice, let's say you did get it right, everybody. Let's say you, you had, you got a, a is correct. Congratulations. Pay yourself on the back. 
But then it won't have a one-line answer. It's going to be about a paragraph, typically. Of course. So that paragraph can tell you what else the condition was presented with, um, how they diagnosed the case, uh, the, the condition, uh, x-ray findings, uh, memo ways of the drugs. I mean, there's a lot of juicy information there. If you just say, if you just say I got it right, let's move, you're, you're not, applying, not, not, not allowing the opportunity to really hone in on the details that you might see on, on a question down the line. Number two is just reading the correct answer. And if they answer incorrectly, then they read the incorrect choice. So clarify what that means and then let's talk about it. So they get it right. They read yep. the right answer, they move. All right. Yep. Well, we just said before, you really want to hit every answer choice. Now let's say you get the answer wrong. Okay. So obviously you read the wrong answer, you read the right answer, and you move on to the next question. But hold on a second. There's a reason why you chose it wrong, right? You had the wrong answer for a reason. Then you went in to read the right answer, but then you have all the other option choices that you really must go over and review. And we said this before many, many times. If you skip over this, what's going to happen is you read the wrong answer, read the correct answer, and you move on. But based upon which QBank you're using, they're both really wonderful QBanks. The information is very vital because down the line, whatever questions you're getting on hepatitis, HIV, whatever the case might be, you will use those explanations that you reviewed to give you a better chance, more ammunition, more strength to your foundation to answer future questions. So we, I've seen this many times where they go, I read the wrong answer, right answer, and I move on. How about the other six options? Well, I don't have time for that. Okay. Will you go to it later? Probably not. Will you review the information later? Probably not. Will you get the wrong answer? Maybe you might get a question about histoplasmosis down the line. You might get it wrong because you know why? Histo was one of the answers that were wrong from pre previous question. If mm -hmm. you read through the information and read through where it's located, how you diagnose it, what's, what do you find in x-ray or CT, you might be able to answer the right question. So I know it's difficult at times. Take time. Read the wrong answer. Read the right answer and glance through the other ones. And we can promise you, you'll build the foundation to eventually get more questions correctly. Yeah, and it makes no sense to just omit looking at everything, even if it's, like you said, just glancing, it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to continue to reinforce the information. And it's not like you have to, some people will say, oh, it takes too long. Oh, well, you're writing it all out word for word. That makes no sense, uh -huh. right? You got to be efficient with this stuff. So I'll tell, you, I'll tell you this, doc, you know, when I have, when we have students that might tell us, Hey doc, you know, I read, um, glycogen storage diseases. I'm like, okay. So we get on zoom, we do a couple of questions and maybe we only do five or six questions on those conditions. But when we, they implement what we're talking about right now, about hitting every answer choice, learning from every answer choice, when we're done with that session, they all have a better understanding of every condition, how it's presented, the end of deficiency, what, associate, what other associated conditions they come with. And they know that, oh, this is Corey, this is Von Gerke, this is McCardle, this is Anderson, this is Pompey's. It's, it really is amazing when you see the connections. But if you don't take the time to invest, it will hurt you later because you're not reviewing anything. That's the problem. You're not reviewing the information. Absolutely. It's tough. All right. The third mistake we see is when going through your answers, just reading the educational objective. Why is this a big mistake? Well, the educational objective is touching, is touching one aspect uh, or one component of the larger picture, right? So think of it this way. You're in, a, you're in a hospital. We see patients. You're rounding with us. You present the case. Great. Congrats. You, you just hone into one little aspect or, or part of that condition, pericarditis, pleuritis, pneumonia. But don't you want to 
dig deeper a little bit to figure out why else, how else can be presented. So think of it this way. You'll never see the same question twice ever. You might think it's the same, but it's not. So if you just go to the objective, it's a summary of what happened. It's a summary of this condition with this enzyme. If you take the time to read the explanation, it could be one, two, three paragraphs long. It is an investment that you will see wonderful results with because it's going to explain to you the symptoms, the side effects, and everything else in a larger picture for the condition. Objective is a summary. The explanation is a, a bigger um, explanation, a bigger, a bigger view of the condition. Objective is great to use, but that maybe you're using it when you read the explanations once or twice before, right? So don't cut corners, people. If you cut corners, you realize your foundation is not strong enough because you're looking at like the cliff notes, the highlights of the condition. Go back and read, invest the time in the explanation, and we can promise you have a better understanding of why you got it right versus why you got it wrong, you know, or else you won't review it. And you keep saying the same mistakes over and over again. You keep, you're trying to catch, how do I put it? You know, the dogs run around, try to catch their tails. You know, they try mm -hmm. to catch their tail. You're going to try to keep doing more questions because you're trying to what? Improve your skill. You won't be, you won't improve content that way. But if you answer more questions and you read all the answer choices and you implement our techniques, you'll be hitting it from different angles. 100%. Now let's, let's take a complete, let's take it. What's that? User, I hope they implement this because I mean it works. All I our students so. pass. All our students are passing. So I mean we know what's going on. What's yeah, going on? yeah, of course. Let's do a 180 and let's address the fact that some students dive so deep into answer choices that they spend hours and hours and hours reviewing just a handful of questions. Let's take a look at at what's this fine line between doing a review and just taking it way too far. Now let me caveat something real quick. Please, please. If you do something. Do a question and you're completely lost and you know I have no foundation in this. Yes, you should take a little time to deep dive so you can build it. But we're talking about students who will take hours and hours for things that they're very familiar with. They just might have made a simple mistake. So let's talk about that fine line and how to sort of balance this whole thing. I mean, it's understandable, right? I mean, we've seen this happen with our students in the past, students, doctors on YouTube, they put those comments. You know, I spent all day doing a block of 20. I'm like, wait, wait. Yep. Well, how are you spending all day in a block of 20? I mean, that just tells me that uh, maybe the foundation wasn't built to begin with. Because if, I mean, you could read the answer choices, maybe and then you go into YouTube, first aid, other resources, you're spending an hour or two. What are you trying to accomplish in that hour or two, right? So remember, there's two different jobs. One is content, one is test taking. So if you get the answer wrong, why do you get it wrong? You didn't know the connection. You didn't know the, the, the differential. You didn't know the association of, you know, 15 to 30 with the certain cells or tumor markers, fine. Spend a few moments, go a little deeper into first aid or videos or your notes and touch up on that. But spending five, six, seven hours on 20 questions, this is what happens. A, you start getting lost on content. B, you're taking away time from answering questions, right? Working on test taking skills. And then you're all over the place because then the next day you get exhausted and tired. You do another 20 questions, eight hours or six hours or five hours, and you're not really working on any one thing. You're answering a question and you're spending so much time reviewing. Ask yourself one thing. Why is it taking you all day? If you don't know the information, stop doing questions and go back and review the information. Use yes. your notes, textbooks. There's multiple video series out there. First aid. It is a notebook. It's not going to teach you anything. It teaches you how to remember information, right? How to anchor certain uh, info and um, content to certain conditions. 
But if you have a weakness in biochemistry, please don't do questions. Because if it's taking you all day to answer 20 and you're learning from the answer choices, why not put that time into actually going back to metabolism, genetics, DNA, RNA, learning it or relearning it for that matter. And then once you have a nice pass of the info, then attack the questions. Because honestly, you'll never get there. All day long for 20 questions or 30 questions. What happens when you do 40 questions? What happens when you do three blocks of 40? It's impossible at that point. And that's why students take six, seven months, nine months, two years, because they're just constantly trying to learn from the answer choices instead of just spend the time to learn it the better way, a better approach, right? Yeah. Pass yeah. through the content and then apply what you learned to answering questions because you're going to get tired. You're going to get frustrated. You're gonna use, we've seen this. That's why we bring this up. We see it all the time. They get exhausted, tired, and they burn yeah. out. A lot of students, usually comments in, in our YouTube videos, a lot of students will say, there's no time to, 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 to open a book. There's no time to do this. But this all comes back to what's the goal? The goal is to master the information so that you can then apply it to questions. And if you are not, first of all, if, if you are making a ton of mistakes, your foundation is weak, you have no choice. You have to learn this stuff. Yeah. And questions are not the best way to learn because just like you said, it's, it's not allowing you to get through a lot in a, a decent amount of time. Also, it's all over the place. There's nothing more frustrating than trying to learn a skill if you are, you know, you start here and then you dive over there and then you go over there. It's like, you know, if, if you're teaching me from scratch how to, how to golf, you know, don't put me in a PGA tournament, teach me how to stand and then teach me how to move my hips and then teach me how to draw back my golf club and then teach me the follow through. Like, don't, don't jump from one to, to three, four steps ahead. You have to do things in sequence. And so if you're in a scenario where you're not making progress, but you're also not willing to open up your books, to be blunt, you will not make the progress you need to pass because you're not willing to do the things you need to do based on your situation. If your situation says your foundation is very weak and quite frankly, just not where it needs to be, you have to go back and work on it. Doing questions is not going to get you there. Questions are its own thing once you know information. I mean, to learn a skill just through questions makes no sense. Questions, especially simple questions like let's say rx questions or even like the questions we do with our students the unorthodox you know fill in the blank multiple choice oh, uh, sure. matching that's a good way to reinforce what you are learning but when it comes to those complex usm like questions the, the name of the game there is applying what you know and okay re recognizing i don't know it as well as i thought i knew it so let me let me fix my mistake but to to do questions it's like taking an nvme when you haven't studied for three years what are you expecting yeah to magically crush it no you guys have to be take a step back and let's say you're observing someone who's coming up behind you sure. would you tell them to do exactly what you're doing knowing that you're doing it spinning your wheels you're in that 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 rat wheel and you're not move, you're doing all this work but you're not actually getting anywhere yeah don't put yourself in that situation if it takes more work do the work cuz it makes no sense to just do stuff to do it and then not get the result that's absolutely insane. Our uh, initial sessions with all our students that register, you know, it's an hour session on Zoom. You know, we go through our, tech, our, our figure out what resources they use or resources we're going to use with them and also what QBank and we're going to suggest and whatnot. And then I, I always bring them on to do a couple questions and I purposely choose whatever I want to choose without asking them because it proves two points. A, 
the difference in cube banks that we're going to use, which one helps you uh, more effectively and efficiently if you don't know the info. And B, it proves a point that if you haven't done micro, haven't reviewed micro in a couple of weeks, to do a micro question now, you're going based on memory and hope, right? So mm-hmm. if you haven't reviewed RNA, DNA viruses, and I, and I hit you with a question, you're like, I have no idea what this is. That proves a point to me that, and which obviously it makes sense. Why would you do questions if you haven't reviewed the content? Now, reviewing the content, as you know, videos, textbooks, notes, we have to have some resource. If you skip all that to go to questions, it's going to be very challenging because you're hoping that the question is going to attack everything, which it won't because they could ask one question on hepatitis C 10 different ways, right? But unless you get all those questions in a group setting, you'll never see the whole picture of hep C. Does it make more sense to take an hour or two, watch a video or two, read a textbook, first aid, obviously, if you know the content, to understand the profile of hep C? Of course. And then do questions. Why go backwards? I think people think they save time. But if you look at the larger, the larger scheme of things, it's, it's you, you're, you're spending double, triple the time and energy. Oh, yeah. You just, by doing it the other way, you save time and you have better results much faster. That's why you get prepped much, much quicker and pass the test the less than the time that you're spending now. now. Yeah, sort of. An, uh, I was just thinking, if you think of your your medical education, let's say each topic as a file cabinet, and you've got all these drawers. You have the biochem, your micro, your this, your that. If you wanted to open that drawer to learn micro, would you want to have, let's say, everything from the basic foundations, first page, second page is like a gram-positive algorithm, third page is all those gram-positive bugs, then the diseases, blah 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 blah. Would you want that in order or would you want to open it? And the first thing you see is um, uh, HIV drugs, HIV drugs, and then uh, single stranded RNA viruses, and then gram negative diplococci, and then this. And there's no way to tie it all together because you're all over the place. Whereas if you start from the beginning and learn sequentially, at least in your head, it's organized and then you can start to connect everything. But it's really hard to connect things when all of your knowledge is all over the place. Could you ever get there? Probably, but I wouldn't recommend that anyone learns that. It's, you know, it's why like when you, if you want to learn to code, I, I started doing like these coding classes online. I've kind of quit because it just wasn't interesting for me, but like, I couldn't imagine them throwing me into, hey, design an app on day one and then learn from your mistakes. Well, I don't even know how to, where to go to start an app. No, you have to learn the basic, basic, basic stuff first, and then you build on it. And it's the same thing with medicine. And if you just start hardcore with questions, you're just going to fail to tie everything together. I feel like we're going on and on with this one. Good point, you know, and anyone out there watching now, everyone has their opinions, suggestions. I'll put them in our comments below, of course. But remember, everyone is different people, right? So whatever yeah. we suggest, it works for the majority of individuals. Yeah, of course. So yeah, of course. One on one, then we're able to fine tune. Do, do you do more questions, less questions? Do you do, do a couple of videos, then do questions? It, it varies with person to person because everybody has different ways of learning. You're a visual learner. You hate videos. You love videos. That's you have to take into consideration. So the advice mm-hmm. that we provide is for the majority out there, we know it works, but then there's always a little fine tuning that you have to apply to say, well, maybe it doesn't work for me. Then we can modify it accordingly. But that's when one-on-one comes in. Love it. All right. The last one we have is reviewing the question blocks the next day. Ooh. Why is this a big no-no? I mean, I get it, right? We have doctors out there we have right now working with. They're working full-time jobs, part-time jobs, in rotations, have children. Life continues, of course. 
But when you tell me you're in bed at 10.30 p.m. answering questions and you're passing out on the computer or on your phone and you don't finish the block or you finish it and the next day you go review it, here's what happens. And I've seen this happen. That's why I will bring it up. You're not sure sometimes why you answered the right way, why you answered B when you did answer B. And then you don't have that connection versus if you spent the time doing questions in the morning or midday, A, you mimic the exam because the exam isn't given in the evening, right? It's given in the morning throughout the day. B, you might be so exhausted and tired by the end of the day that you scored a 42%. Well, did you score 42% because you were tired, exhausted, or because it was late at night? So I've seen results like Dr. Paul, where as soon as you answer the question, whether you're doing a block of 40 timed or simulated, tutor mode, whatnot, to review it right after, you'll see the connections more, more, more yeah. immediate, more effectively, efficiently. You understand why you chose B, why B is wrong, and why C is right. The longer you take to review those questions, it piles up. I know it does on you, meaning I'm talking to whoever's watching now, because they'll tell me, the doctors will say, oh, I'm so behind. I have four blocks I haven't covered. Why? Well, I do them late at night, wake up in the morning, I go to work, rotations, family, kids are crying, got it. Then I'm backed up and backed up and backed up. So it's a simple solution. Don't do 40 at 10 o'clock at night. Do 10 in the morning. Review those 10. At least if you do those 10, you've completed those 10 review more accomplished knowing why you got them wrong why you got them right instead of stretch you know stretching yourself thin and then getting exhausted because it's a mindset right dr paul i did 40 but i didn't review them i haven't accomplished my task you feel down you feel upset mm -hmm. you feel pissed why why put yourself through that situation plus you're not accomplishing anything because i can guarantee you won't know why you answered c on number 27 how would you know your thought process the next day or the other day after you you won't there's no way that's why you do it yeah. immediately right after to understand why you got it right versus why you got it wrong to work on your technique and your content. Yeah. Um, one of the principles that I live by and I talk about this quite a bit is you have to do your most important tasks, which mm -hmm. if you're prepping for step one, CK, whatever, it's going to include doing questions. Sure. You have to do that when you are in an optimal mental space, meaning you're fresh, you're, you're firing on all cylinders and you're, you're just, you've got that, that, that time in the day when you can get that work done. And if, if, if you're a night owl and you are thriving at 10 30, 11 o'clock, I mean, go for it. If that's yeah. what you want to recognize, it's going to really be tough for you on exam day if you're a night owl, but that's not the point of this, this sort of rant. The point is if questions are important, which they are, you should be doing them earlier in the day when you're fresh and when you have the time. Like you said, this it all just comes back to you have to be able to review after, but you also should schedule the, the most leverageable tasks that you do, meaning the things you can do that will get you the most bang for your buck. You should do those when you are not falling asleep, nor should you be doing them in bed because yeah. that's not mimicking the actual scenario. You want to sit down at a desk like you will on the exam, right? Every it's It's that... You know, I'm watching this um, documentary, which is really good. It's it's um, I think it's on HBO or Hulu. It's it's uh, it's it's about the Lakers, like their whole dynasty from when Magic came in all the way up until now. And one of the things that you notice with Kobe Bryant was the guy practiced so hard that all of his teammates would tell him to relax because it's not a game. But he knew that the harder you practice in practice, 
the easier it was to transition into the game because you're used to practicing that way. And, you know, he's not sitting in his bedroom dribbling a basketball. He's on the court dribbling a basketball. He's not shooting hoops in his driveway. No, he's at the actual arena shooting hoops when everyone else is still sleeping or everyone has gone to the club. And that's the same thing here. Put yourself in the environment where you are going to be able to tie it into what the exam is actually going to be like so that it's, it's easier for you. The harder you practice, the easier the game will be. And that means putting yourself in the environment that's going to most likely, most closely mimic the actual game. You brought that up because many students out there, including ones that we know we work with now, some of them are stressed, anxiety, panic, because it's a, it's a tough exam, right? So you got to go take it in the exam center. If you started from today, practicing on the computer with a mouse, you know, on a table, simulating the exam when you're ready, it'll be easier to transition to exam day. If you don't do anything, we you know, if you're not doing it this way and you wait till last minute, you will panic because you're going into the exam and you haven't really practiced the way you would. That's why a lot of our doctors take simulated tests, three, four, five blocks a day, sometimes up to seven a day, seven blocks for a couple of days to say, well, my exam's in a week and I want to make sure I can run that marathon. I could do that endurance all day. So why not do it beforehand, right? Why hope I will do well and just try to surprise myself on exam day? Mm. I think it won't work. You practice from now, like we talk about, you will see a huge difference with your test taking skills, with the endurance, with timing. I haven't talked about that, right? Timing and endurance, that's huge in itself for yeah. the full fledged exam. It's full all day long. Yeah, I think about it that way. Okay. All right. So let's end this. But just to end it, I want, I, I would like you to give us a one minute breakdown of what the perfect scenario looks like. You've done a block of questions. You did, let's say you did 40, which mm -hmm. awesome. Give us a quick overview now of what would be the ideal way to go through it efficiently so that you can then move on. Let's say you do a block of 40 times, right? We'll use that. Yes. So a block of 40 times an hour. You finish the hour, you finish, right? Take a five minute break, go back in and attack every single question one by one. Look at why you got it right. Congrats. Look at the other answer choices. Awesome. To scan the content. Fine. If you got it wrong, focus on the wrong answer. Why did I, Dr. Servos, choose B when B was wrong? Let me learn why it wasn't B. Let me go to the right answer. And after that, look at the other answer choices. Learn from every particular answer as you move on. Have a little notebook on the side. And you say to yourself, you know, out of going all through 40 questions, whether it's mixed or system-based, doesn't make a difference um, in this situation. Put down what you need to focus on. Say, for some reason, I'm getting TCA cycle questions wrong. For some reason, I'm getting RTA cycle, RTA questions wrong. So you attack every question, learn every answer choice, and say, okay, I've done my 40. An hour of 40 questions timed should take another hour, an hour and a half to review the most. That's, that's, that's ideally what I tell our students. If you go in more than two hours, that just tells me, you know, you're spending too much time looking at the answers, digging, right? Focus on test taking versus why you got it wrong. And then after you're done with the block of 40, say, okay, I spent my two hours all together, you know, two, two and a half hours. Now I have five topics I need to review. That's fine. Then you go to your notes, you go to your videos, you go to first aid and say, okay, why did I get these questions wrong? Let me figure out why I got it wrong, why I got it right. Not only will you work on content, test taking skills, you'll feel more confident, you feel more energized, you, you know, you're actually doing more work, and then you'll have enough time to do more questions as you progress with your, with your step prep. If you don't do it that way, you will burn out if you're spending all day long on a block of 40. Can't do it that way. Awesome. That was worth the price of admission, ah. which all we ask is you hit the <laughs> thumbs up button below. Uh, if you guys found it to be useful, let us know uh, in the comment section. If you 
know someone who could benefit from this, please share it with them. And as always, we appreciate you guys for sticking around until the end. We'll be back next week at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Dr. Stavros, as always, thank you for your time and wisdom. We'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. I hope you found that to be helpful. If you want more, be sure to check out our other episodes right here on the USMLE Guys podcast. And if you're ready to dive in and simplify your USMLE prep process, don't forget to head over to usmleguys.com. I'll see you all on the next episode. Oh, 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 oh,